0: One day, in sheer desperation, in tears, I cried out to God, and the audible voice of God answered a strong, fatherly, parental, powerful voice. I then became a Christian in a you know, process. Life. Faith. Spirituality. More Than This with Sheridan Boise.
1: Welcome to episode 59. Today we're talking about seven ways God speaks to us. Continuing our series on listening to the voice of God. Because in scripture we are told that God speaks through peals of thunder and flaming bushes and even donkeys... We're told that he speaks through creation. We're told that he speaks ultimately, completely and fully through Jesus of Nazareth. So God is a communicating God. And if that's the case, how might we expect to hear him speak to us today? I'd love to hear your feedback on sheridanvoisey.com slash 059. You can leave me a comment down below or you can just press the uh, voicemail button. And send me a voicemail. I've had a few people send wonderful comments recently, but they've actually been quite distorted and I haven't been able to use them. When you do send me a voicemail, just listen to it back. Make sure it's recorded okay, because I really want to include your voice in the podcast getting so many different accents. I love it. Getting folks from the UK, of course, and from Australia, of course, and from America, of course, but also from Sri Lanka and from Southeast Asia and other places. So keep on sending them through. It's wonderful to have your voice as part of the podcast. And while you're there, if you haven't already, do make sure you get your free ebook, Five Practices for a Resilient Life. This is looking at disciplines like um, mission and solitude and forgiveness that can help build emotional, relational, and spiritual strength into us. A good way to start the brand new year on a strong note. Also, a heads up for you, the audio edition of my latest book, Resilient, will be out next week. And in next week's episode of More Than This, I'm going to give you a free download of it. Not the complete book, unfortunately, but uh, certainly a good deal of listening, maybe a week's worth of listening, so that you can get a taste for that audio book and uh, just enjoy some, uh, some devotional content that you can listen to little bits every day. And hopefully you can hear the voice of God through that as well. Okay, I think that's the announcements all done. The voice of God and the ways that he uses to speak to us. If you missed the episode last week, it's in today's show notes. Otherwise, it's simply sheridanvoisey.com slash 058 and we explored three key kind of starting points, the foundational points for listening to God. Number one, God speaks to those who are in a position to hear him. So first and foremost, we have to get into a posture of listening. Number two, God speaks to us in ways that are intelligible to us. He will use our language and our stories and symbols and things that we recognize to speak to us. And number three, we need others to help discern God's voice for us. Keep those three points in mind as we're going through these kind of seven channels that he uses to communicate today because they are all really relevant. You still have to have each one of these options kind of tested out through a community of godly people who will help to listen with you to the voice of God and recognize when you're hearing God properly, And when you're just hearing your culture reverberating through your own soul, if you know what I mean. So seven ways that God speaks. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Number one, God speaks through an audible voice. Now I know straight away that's raised a whole bunch of eyebrows because very few of us can say that God has spoken to us audibly. We've actually heard an audible voice calling out to us in some kind of way. I start off with this because this was the experience that Samuel in the Old Testament had that we explored last week. He heard a literal, audible voice calling out his name, Samuel, Samuel. Out of all the many people that I've interviewed over the years, 2,000 odd people, very few have told me they've had this experience. I think one of them was Mark Driscoll, uh, the well-known, somewhat uh, controversial pastor from Seattle uh, who had, uh, I remember he was telling me he was walking through a park And he said he heard, literally heard God say to him to get married to his girlfriend and to start a church. But otherwise, it's a very rare occurrence. I'm about to play you a story which I think has got a lot of credibility. One night, while I was still hosting the Open House program in Australia, I started talking about this topic. And I opened up the phone lines and said, look, how do you hear God's voice today? And Mary Ann called in and gave me this story. Take a listen carefully. It's fascinating.
0: Uh, hello Sheridan, i story. I'd just like to talk about how I became a Christian, mm. was a chain of events which began with hearing the audible voice of God mm-hmm. um, I was absolutely uh, desperate after my life had broken, after an um, incident of domestic violence and I'd been involved in the new age And I was incredibly isolated and lonely with my daughter and one day, in sheer desperation, in tears, I cried out to God, Lord, I need a spiritual community. And the audible voice of God answered and told me which church to go to. Yeah. And I was very surprised because it was the last church I would have thought. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't what I would have planned. Yeah. And I went along to that church that day. The,
1: The power of the voice of God just compelled me to... Now, what did you hear? Okay. I mean, what, what does God's voice sound like audibly? <laughs> well, um, How deep would, is it?
0: <laughs> I would say that God speaks with the way each person needs to hear. So mm-hmm. the way I heard it was a strong, fatherly, parental, but powerful voice, which made me want to obey mm-hmm. in a healthy, clear, unfearful kind of way. It was like the authoritative father.
1: Wow. And so when you got to the church, did you think it was the right decision?
0: I did. I I felt that was confirmed to me because when I walked in, the hymn that they were playing was one that I'd known from childhood. I'd rejected my Christianity at the age of 15. Mm -hmm. And here was this, this hymn. It felt like a homecoming. And then God used somebody, one of the people in the uh, congregation reached out to me and I'd been crying all the way through the service and this person asked me could they help. And I didn't want to share my situation with someone I didn't know but the fact that someone asked if they could help meant that I came back and then the next week someone invited me to Bible study and they were studying the book of Amos and a certain passage in the book of Amos convicted me to give up my New Age practices. So, through that chain of events which began with the audible voice of God, I then um, you know became a christian in a wow. in a process.
1: Marianne, what an amazing story! Have you had that experience very often since?
0: no, no, i haven't and I, I don't believe we should seek after it or or grasp after hearing the voice of God or think that we're more spiritual than someone else. I think that God speaks to us in the way that he knows. We need to hear at the time, and that's mostly the bible mm. um, i've had i've only had it once since then, and that was in a case of my child was in grave danger, and that voice saved her from, Is that right?
1: from grave danger. Fascin- wow. Thank you so much for calling, Marianne. What an amazing story. A couple of amazing stories. Yeah, thank you, Sharon. <laughs> yeah, I hope think... that encourages oh, another It's thing. certainly very, very encouraging indeed. Yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing story, isn't it? And as Marianne says, you know, we shouldn't seek this, but sometimes God actually chooses to speak to us through an audible voice. When it happens, lives change. Number two, God speaks through an inner voice. Now, this is the experience of Elisha, the prophet in the Old Testament, who expected to hear God in some sort of loud, sensational, crash-bang kind of ways. Do you remember? He goes up to the top of the mountain, and a big storm rushes past, and there's thunder, and there's lightning, and then there's great winds, and it's followed by fire, and all sorts of other things. And God's voice isn't heard in any of them. And then he hears a gentle whisper. The early church talked about Things seeming good to the Holy Spirit and to them. There was a sense of God's sense of peace and God's gentle whisper about something, about some sort of matter to be decided on. Often this is called the still small voice of God. It's a voice that is heard inside our souls. It's a whisper. It's a maybe a particular thought or a peaceful sense of knowing about something. This is a very common way that God speaks to us today. It's a very common way God guides. And I think the tonal qualities of this voice are really important for us to listen for and discuss. And we can go back to Marianne's experience here. Remember, I asked her, what did the voice sound like? I was so intrigued. You know, is, is it a high voice? Is it a deep voice? And she didn't say anything to do with the actual, you know, audible quality, sonic quality of the voice. But the emotional quality, she said, it was strong, Authoritative, but kind and fatherly. Now, with every other form of guidance that we're going to be talking about in this episode, we always have to seek the confirmation of others to make sure it's actually God that we're hearing. It's too easy to mistake any of these forms of guidance, particularly the inner voice, for God's voice when it might only be our own thoughts or our subterranean desires that are just kind of seeping through and kind of masking themselves as God's voice. But we can say, if the voice that you are hearing inside is harsh or critical, if it's compulsive, if it's full of angst, then think twice about its origin. I have thought that in the past that I've been listening to the voice of God about something, but actually it's been full of angst. It's been full of compulsion. Actually, it's just been my own Kind of anxiety ridden soul that's been saying, Oh, I really, really must do this. So we need to be discerning about what we're listening to. And again, we need to run it past other people to help get some clarity on that. In the Bible, God is described as a father. So I'm not surprised. That when Marianne actually heard a literal voice, an audible voice, she said it was a fatherly voice. But it was a strong voice. That is the authoritative voice of God as well. So I'd love your experience there. And tell me on sheridanvoisycom slash 059 if that's uh, your experience or any of these experiences. I'd love to hear your story. Number three. God speaks through another's voice. Our God is deeply relational. And so he loves to use a community of people to not just uh, mould us and shape us, but also to speak to us as well. This can be through all sorts of really, I don't know, ordinary? Is that the right word? Ordinary means? It can be your pastor giving a sermon that just really speaks to you. It can be a mentor or a friend who gives you some really wise advice. It can be a counsellor who raises a particularly pertinent question that you know just kind of dislodges something in you or reveals something in you that shapes the way that you then walk on from that point on. It could be a teacher who gives you truth to live by. You walk away going, I think I heard God speak to me about something just then, but boy, it was so quiet and so gentle, there was no flashes of lightning from the sky. Or, of course, it can be through more dramatic ways, like when God reveals something to somebody that they otherwise would never know about us in the new testament in uh, passages like first corinthians chapter 12 and 14 these are called things like prophecies or words of knowledge and they can be really quite astounding i had an experience just recently a woman named joe walked up to me in church and she asked me for some publishing advice now <laughs> lots of people ask me can you please read my book Uh, Can you help me get to to get published? And I just can't respond to all the emails and, you know, requests and things like that. Try to help as many people as I can. But anyway, I asked Jo her experience and, you know, why she wanted to write. And she said, well, God spoke to me twice about writing a book. Now, I have to confess, again, I've heard plenty of people say, God told me I'm going to write a book. Or God told me I'm going to release an album. In fact, uh, years ago, when I started off in music radio, I got this uh, demo CD from a lady who said, you know, God has given me this gift of music. He's got a wonderful destiny for me in music. And I listened to her CD and she couldn't even sing in tune. God is amazing. God, and he can take people who can't sing in tune and and make them sing in tune. I I get that. (laughs) But before we kind of go running to Grab all sorts of uh, divine authority on our sense of calling in life We need some sort of proof that actually his blessing really is there So anyway, Jo says, you know, God's spoken to me twice about writing a book Okay, tell me, how did that happen? She said, well, the first time happened just a year ago Right here in England A visiting speaker came to our church Picked me out of the crowd And she said she believed God wanted to use me to bring healing to others And secondly, to write a book about the experiences now, I had never met this woman before. She didn't know me from a bar of soap, and she never knew that I'd actually been journaling stories like that for years. I've got them all collected up. I said, well, that's very interesting. Well, what about the second time that God spoke to you? She said, well, that happened just a few months ago. I was in South Africa on business, and I went and visited a church one day that I'd never been to before. Nobody knew me there. The service was good. It ended, and then I began to leave walking out of the auditorium, When the pastor picked me out of the crowd again and said exactly the same thing to me. That God wanted to use me to heal others and to write a book about my experiences. Now, I really was listening to Joe. That's something you can't humanly create, is it? And you won't be surprised to hear that Joe is starting to write her book. So number one, he can speak through an audible voice. Number two, an inner voice. Number three, through another's voice. And number four, he can speak through the needs of the world. There's a wonderful story of how David Wilkerson started the uh, amazing organization called Teen Challenge. One night he was flipping through a copy of Life magazine, and he started staring at an artist's impression of a boy. He was one of seven boys on trial for murder. And unexpectedly he began to cry. And in that moment, he said he heard a command. Go to New York City. And help those boys. He was a country hick pastor. He didn't know anything about going to the big bad city called New York. But against all logic, he obeyed. He founded Teen Challenge. And today, Teen Challenge continues to have one of the highest success rates of drug and alcohol recovery programs in the world. If you want to hear part of that story, go and find the interview that I've done with Nikki Cruz. It's a wonderful story. Here's another one. During a trip to China back in, oh boy, it was back in the 50s, I think, Bob Pierce meets an impoverished Chinese child. He realizes I have to do something about this. He goes back and he founds a little organization called World Vision. Another story, one day, a 36-year-old teacher is sitting on a train and she hears a divine call, a whisper to her, calling her to go and serve in India's slums. She obeys. She becomes Mother Teresa of Calcutta. So God speaks through direct address, through a whisper, through another's voice. Sometimes he actually speaks through the needs of the world. Those needs may be humanitarian needs, or spiritual needs, or intellectual needs, or artistic needs, or all kinds of different needs in the world. Now, if we just listen to the need alone, there are so many needs in the world, we're going to be pulled in all sorts of directions. It's not the need we're listening to as much as it's God's voice calling us through the need. That There's some sort of resonance, some sort of beckoning that we can do something about this, that we're supposed to do something about this, whether it be sex trafficking of children, or whether it be uh, fostering an adoption of so many children that need to be helped and healed right now, whether it be working with refugees in crisis, something calls out to us, I should be involved in that. I love Frederick beekner 's well-quoted, underlined, tweeted quote. (laughs) I think everybody has shared this online at one stage or another. The place God calls you to is where the world's deep hunger and your deep gladness meet. Number five, God speaks through our lives. I'll quote Buechner again in his book, The Sacred Journey. He says, we sleep and dream. We wake, we work, we remember and forget. We have fun and are depressed and into the thick of it or out of the thick of it, at moments of even the most humdrum of our days, God speaks. I think he's really right there. God speaks in our lives through the events and the experiences, and all the different shaping forces that he has used to make us us. I think this is a particularly helpful thing to remember when it comes to seeking career direction, our calling in life. Because through a variety of those shaping forces, he's made us to be a particular shape in life. He's given us particular gifts. We have nurtured particular interests. Have you ever thought, why do you have an interest in football, perhaps, and I don't? I've got no interest in football. I can't even develop it. I don't know why. Why have I got an interest in thoughts and ideas and themes? And why have I got this kind of drive to write? And to speak and communicate. Why? Why do we have these interests and callings in a sense of. Why do we have these ambitions. Which when we sit down and have a coffee are different. Mine are different to yours. There might be some similarities. But they're often different too. All of that you can trace back and unpack. And realize that this can be God's voice. That you're hearing. In the way that he has shaped you and made you. So I suggest to particularly say 20 somethings and 30 somethings. That are trying to work out their place in the world, to ask three sets of questions. Number one is about their godly desires. So ask a question, what do I love to do? It might be sitting and talking to people and listening to people. It might be art. It might be drawing. It might be sport. It might be driving a truck and doing really practical things. God is the sustainer of the world. And I think when we're doing really practically oriented things, if we're in management or construction or doing any of those trades we're actually imitating god's sustenance of the world so ask yourself what do i love to do what makes me come alive the second set of questions are about your godly ambitions what do you dream of doing i love the verse in philippians chapter 2 that says god works in us to will and to act according to his good purpose now if that's true If those of us who have given our lives over to Jesus to live his life through us, if that's true and he actually puts things in us to will and to act accordingly, then he is kind of dreaming his dreams through us. So what are your godly ambitions? What do you dream of doing? And then thirdly, ask about your gifts and talents. What am I most effective at doing? Go and read those wonderful wonderful lists of spiritual gifts that you find in Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14, 1 Peter, and you find that all of us have got a spiritual gift given to us by God that is there to be used to the benefit of other people. I've linked those passages in today's show notes. You can go and have a bit of a study and a meditation on those to think through. What is it that I really can do that I'm gifted to do by God? That's a big clue as to how you can invest your life in a really productive way from this point on. Number 6. God speaks through circumstances. <laughs> oh, I love I always love telling this story. Some years ago, in fact I was gosh, I was just a new Christian and I prayed for 2 years to know what to do with my life. I was involved in nightclubs at the time and I knew that I had to kind of get out of that, but I didn't know what to do with my life. And long story short, I actually tell this part of the story in my book, Resurrection Year. But, you know, long story short, I get this hunch that maybe I'm supposed to go into radio. And so I write a letter to the director of an Australian radio company, a Christian radio company, that were doing a lot of broadcasting overseas, but they had an office in Melbourne. And I'll read this letter to you. Dear John, I'm not sure yet, but I think God might be calling me to work in radio. I don't have any experience in broadcasting, and I know I'm going to need some sort of formal Bible training. Do you offer anything like that at your offices down in Melbourne? Yours sincerely, Sheridan Voisey. Now, I'm expecting that this letter is going to the desk of a guy of some sort of big organisation, lots of studios, lots of offices, big complex, you know, hundreds of people. takes me a couple of weeks uh, waiting until I get John's reply And over those two weeks, something very strange happened to me. Two thoughts gently but persistently circled my mind, and they were these. Number one, make contact with the Bible College of Queensland. Number two, get in touch with Family Radio. Contact the Bible College of Queensland, get in touch with Family Radio, over and over again for that full fortnight. Now, I didn't know very much about either of these organizations at all, and I have to say, That any radio station that was called Family Radio sounded a bit yamby-pamby to me. It wasn't really the thing that I really wanted to be involved in. But there it was again. Make contact with the Bible College of Queensland. Get in touch with Family Radio. John's reply arrived a fortnight later, and this is what I read. Dear Sheridan, It's wonderful to hear what God is doing in your life. Actually, we're just a two-person office down here in Melbourne, so I can't offer you any radio or Bible training. But if I were you, I would make contact with the Bible College of Queensland and get in touch with Family Radio. Sincerely yours, John (laughs) Reader. That letter set the direction of my life for the next 15 years. God speaks through coincidences, through circumstances, through events in our lives to say, here, this is the path that you should walk. And then finally, number seven god speaks through the bible now why did i keep the bible as the last for this reason it is the first in priority and it's the judge of everything that i've just mentioned so how can you be sure that the voice the whisper the circumstance the coincidence or the need that you feel is you know pulling at your heart how can you be sure that all of that really is from God, and it's not your own thoughts, your own desires, it's not your own culture speaking, or even Christian church culture speaking, when there are fads that kind of come through church every so often, well, you do it by comparing it to scripture. God won't contradict something that is already said there. The Bible is the historically attested, divinely inspired revelation of God's personality and a record of his involvement in the world. It exposes the deepest desires of our hearts. It reveals God's will. It is his primary channel of communication. I loved something that I read from John Piper recently. He said after 60 years of reading the Bible, quote, There are treasures and wonders and glories and dimensions of God to be seen in the Bible that we have scarcely seen. If somebody can invest that much time in the Bible and still be finding new things in it, new gems well, yes, it is a rich, rich book. And you know what? I have heard God's voice on occasion through many of these channels that we've been talking about in the past, but I regularly hear his voice through scripture. It is the ballast of life. It is the thing that keeps us stable. It is the thing that helps us to discern God's voice from all the other voices that we can hear in the world. And it really is living and active. It's not actually just a bunch of words on a piece of paper. It's not like other literature. It is living and active. If you're not regularly kind of immersing yourself in the Bible, there are so many different versions to help you find one that's written in a language that really makes sense to you. Uh, I use the new Living Translation for all of the quotes that I use on the blog Uh, So you can find that you can read that for free online. There are so many different ways to immerse ourselves in it. And it really is the primary way that God reveals himself, his plans, his desires for us, and brings to mind at certain times of our lives particular passages and verses that we really need to hear. About this and what you have experienced. slash 059. Next week, some free readings from the Resilient audiobook for you. After that, we're going to be exploring the silence of God as well. What can we learn about God's silence in our lives? If you haven't already, please rate this and leave a comment on iTunes with this podcast. That little act helps other people to discover it as well, which I'd love to. And please share it on your social media channels as well. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you next episode. Bye-bye.